Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in evidence-based treatment for anxiety, depression, and stress. And I'm Anna White. I'm a former Wall Street executive. I experienced severe burnout at one point in my career, and I discovered that it had a lot to do with my type C personality. Anna and I are here to educate people about type C traits, which are being pathologically nice, putting the needs of others above yours, avoiding conflict, always saying yes, and worrying excessively about disappointing other people. On each episode, we'll share personal stories and also strategies for how to live in healthier ways and how to prevent burnout. On today's episode, we're going to talk about self-care, which is very challenging for type C people who tend to focus most of their energy on other people and not themselves. Self-care sometimes conjures up images of people luxuriating in a bubble bath with candles, but it's really a lot more than that. And some of the things that we think about when we think about self-care are eating healthily, getting enough exercise, engaging in restorative activities like hobbies or hanging out with friends, caring for your emotional health through things like journaling and meditation, staying organized is one thing, staying on top of things, making sure that you're proactive with healthcare, like getting all your doctors and dentists and therapist appointments in. And then finally, Sleep is a huge part of self-care. We're not going to touch on that too much today because there's so much to say about it. We'll do a future podcast on that. But those are some of the main elements, uh, you know, when we think about self-care. So I'm so happy that we are doing this podcast today because I just think it is so important for type C people who really think about other people so much more than themselves to significant detriment, which Anna is going to talk about in her example And I just really think it's important because when people think about self-care, it can often feel like adding something to their to-do list that they don't have time for. So we really want to make it clear that this is not adding, you know, making sure that you go to the gym and meditate. It's really about maybe what can you say no to, which is going to make you feel guilty as a type seer. Really self-care in general is a willingness to make time for yourself, saying no more. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to go against those rules in your head of making other people happy and possibly upsetting someone else. Part of self-care is actually a willingness to feel guilty. I think that's a really big component of this. And then that opens up the space to do a lot of the things that Anna just talked about. So today we're going to talk about two examples from my own past. The first one, a little more serious than the other one. The first one we talked about in my, in the first episode of our podcast, when I seriously burned myself out during maternity leave, you know, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the aftermath of that. So I found myself at the end of maternity leave, you know, in, in complete burnout mode, having a hard time managing. And I was working you know, 50, 60 hours a week at this point. I had two small children at home. I was traveling for work, which was really difficult. There were times when I had to go to the corporate headquarters. I would say I had to go probably once a month or so, but that added to the complication of, of, you know, trying to get it all done. So I was juggling a lot. And for some reason, I just kept on going, despite the fact that my body was telling me to that my body needed a change. But, you know, I think when you're a, when you're a new mom or you're a young mom, you kind of have, at least I did, I had a hard time let go, letting go of things. And this is really, you know, maybe more of a type C thing where I just felt this need to, I needed to be the one to bathe my kids and I needed to, one, to be the one that was on top of their nutrition. 
And, you know, I wanted to pick out their clothing and I, 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 I wanted to just be this great mom and be there for my kids in order to, I guess, satisfy some part of myself, but also not disappoint them. And, 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 and you know, have this role in the family that I felt like I should have. So, you know, not only juggling all this, these things at home, but at work, I had a fairly big job. I had a lot of responsibility. I had some direct reports. I had a lot of pressure on me because of the work that I did was very high profile in terms of the company itself. My, my job was very visible. So a lot of people, you know, could see what I was doing and see the, the output that I was giving. It wasn't like I could hide away in some corner. I had to be sort of out there and, you know, really on top of things all the time. So just, you know, expanding on that a little bit, we put a lot of reports out that were seen by a lot of people. And I, when I say a lot of people, I mean, thousands you know, I had to do a lot of public speaking, which was really, really difficult for me. It was never something that I was comfortable with, but I was in a position where I had to do it a lot. So that was, you know, there was an emotional burden with that. And I think, you know, a lot of people struggle with that, not just type C, but, and then there was just a lot of pressure. The company was going through a lot of changes. So there were times when our jobs weren't stable and we were really trying to perform at a high level and we didn't know what was going to happen. So there was this added pressure of all this turmoil within the company and wanting to make sure that, you know, my performance was really, was really good. So with all these pressures, my, my body just kind of, you know, it was already in a bad state, but it continued to just break down even further. And I had chronic fatigue, you know, people talk about chronic fatigue and they think it's this amorphous thing and people, you know, I don't think really have a good understanding of it, but for me, it was waking up every day, feeling unrefreshed, feeling really tired upon waking. Even if I had been in the bed for 10 hours, I still felt like I had been run over by a truck in the morning. I felt like this emptiness inside that something was missing and something had been sucked out of me. There just wasn't any energy there. So that was a really hard thing. I had a lot of cognitive problems. I had memory issues. I had, you know, sometimes just trouble with basic logic. So my mind just felt like it was going at times. I had sinus infections. I got them frequently. They made me feel even more, more weak and, 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 and terrible. I had this walking pneumonia like thing that went on forever where I was coughing so much that it ended up having irreparable damage to my pelvic floor. So what was nuts is that with all this going on, I kept trudging through and I kept having this pathological need to just keep on going. I don't know why I didn't stop to address it. I just kind of felt like I needed to get everything done. And I had all these people that were depending on me and I really couldn't let them down. That was the type C part of it was at work. I just, I had to keep performing at this high level at home. I wanted to be such a great mom to my kids. I also wanted to be a part of their, their lives and their communities and, and be active in their school. So that was layering on even more things. So it took me a while to finally say, I'm going to have to address this. But the self-care element of all of it was really, really poor. I mean, I wasn't eating well. I certainly wasn't getting any exercise. You know, I was trying to get sleep, but that was a hard part of it. But there was no time, or at least I wasn't making time for anything more restorative. So Corey, 
this sounds extreme, but let's talk about how I could have, you know, done better or people, someone in my situation could have, could have done more. So Anna, this is such a great example. And I really hope that people can connect with this because I think that for the type C or, and also really for many moms, the things you're talking about are, are very understandable wanting to be a part of your kids' lives, the type C person is thinking so much about making the kids happy and wanting to be successful and be, uh, you know, do really well at work that you're the type C person is thinking of pleasing colleagues and bosses and what is the type C person not thinking about themselves. So I think that unfortunately, the type C person just really kind of as you said, like gets up and goes in the morning and doesn't think about just the significant cost until unfortunately it is so late in the game, right? So the burnout, uh, anger and resentment in relationships and being sick, unfortunately, are all very common for type C people because there's just a suppression of emotions and an absence of awareness or a you know a willingness not actively, but more passively to not think about yourselves. Everyone else's needs are so much more important. So the first part is, is ideally trying to notice unhappiness, trying to notice your body more. A great way to do that is, is slowing down. A great way to do that is any type of body work. So breathing, walking, any type of movement, because there'll be pain, there'll be noticing. We want you to notice. So that's really the first part is the noticing, being honest with yourself about how you're doing. And a type C person may feel very hopeless of how to help themselves because it does mean doing the opposite of what they've been doing for so long. But ultimately, for the type C person, it's about being a little selfish. And that is the worst thing for a type C person. That's like, oh my God, the demon, I, you know, the Satan, I can't do that. But this is for a type C person, being a little selfish is really about what matters to you, uh, thinking about your needs. It doesn't mean you stop thinking about everyone else's needs. It's just creating slightly better balance. Anna, do you want to talk about some of the things that you found when you started to notice the detriment where you were and how you were able to start being a little bit selfish and what that looked like for you? Yeah, I mean, I I was actually really lucky because the company that I worked for put on these conferences and I heard a woman who's an author speak about change and how people are so resistant to change. And it just started me thinking a little bit more about my life and how I needed to change in order to get healthier. And I, you know, there was a lot of things that I did. I, I, I experimented with a lot of different types of therapies, the traditional and alternative. I really cleaned up my diet. I didn't realize how badly my nutrition had gotten. I think I was just stress eating and eating a lot of carbs and you know, I think when you're really overloaded and burned out, you tend to gravitate towards convenience foods and prepared foods. And that's really unhealthy. So, you know, really focusing on nutrition helped me a ton. I mean, there was a lot that helped me, but, um, you know, the, the noticing and the, and, and, and kind of having a more curiosity about it, I guess, really woke me up in terms of, okay, do I really want to live this way or is there a better way? And then, 
Can I just stop you for one second, Anna? Because I just want to highlight what you just said. The curiosity and a willingness to slow down and think about, is there any other option here? So for type C, the rules, the things we learned that helped us as a kid become default. And so it's kind of like automatic pilot, right? And so you get to this, this real burnt out, physically sick space and you realize, oh my gosh, wow. Like I've been you know, just walking through life without thinking that I have any choices. And so I love what you said. So I'm just highlighting that you said a curiosity. And it sounds like what you did was you slowed down and you started to be willing to give yourself choices. Yes. And I adopted a mindset of experimentation. I just said, I think I'm going to experiment with some things to try to help myself a little bit more. Um, And that, that mindset made me feel like I, I wasn't a loser. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just, it made me feel like, okay, I can, I can try some new things and I can see what I can figure out. And that kind of led me on a path to just self-reflection and exploration and okay, why am I this way? And how did this, how did I end up here? And I can think I interject that, one more time, Anna. So I love course. what you said. You said, I'm not a, I, I, the, I'm not a loser part. I really want to highlight that because I think probably what you were struggling with earlier is trying to do so much for your kids and trying to do so much at, at work and just feeling like a failure all the time, right? Like, well, because you see the people around you that are doing fine, doing everything that you're doing. They're able to handle it all. There's There are people that are, for whatever reason, just able to juggle a lot more. Now, I think that, you know, there are people that have a lot more resources or they just have other other strategies for for getting it all done. Basically, what I was trying to say about the failure loser thing is, is it sounds like you started to be willing to be curious, willing to be open minded, and a willingness to be kinder to yourself. Yeah, I think that's fair, for sure. And, you know, maybe that segues us nicely to our next example, which is I have come a long way, but I definitely still struggle in some respects. And I found myself this summer, um, I had family come the family come to visit. They each stayed a week. They were wonderful. I loved having them, but I really fell off the wagon in terms of self-care. You know, I was, I think, so excited to have them, but also a little bit stressed because I wanted them to have such a nice time with us. And I, you know, I felt responsible for showing them a good time, for feeding them good meals, for, you know, entertaining them, making sure that they were active and seeing all the great things that our, this area of our country has to offer, but I, I really slipped out. You know, I just, I, I stopped eating well. I'm not much of a drinker, but I indulged in drinking more than I usually do. I mean, part of that was just wanting to join in, but I, I carved out some time for work, but I really, you know, didn't make time for exercise or healthy eating or any of the other, you know, more restorative things that, that I, try to do on an ongoing basis. So it's really interesting to think about this because I do have the self-awareness and I am proactive in managing self-care, yet I still slipped out pretty, pretty significantly. Okay. So the first part I'm always going to remind you of is just being kind to yourself, right? So I think that there's a thing with alcoholics, uh, there's a lapse versus a relapse. And I think it's really important for everyone to realize that the default type C tendencies are very strong. 
and you had a lapse. So you fell off the bandwagon for a little bit. You are super aware of your type C habits and you work so hard to not let them get you, bring you to the place where you were because you've come so far. But when there's a change, and I think with our friends and families or work, when it's something that we really care a lot about, you have, that's, I think, moving forward, when you really care about something, that's when the type C trend and tendencies will be even stronger, right? You know, we can set much better boundaries with people or projects that we don't care quite as much about. That's why we'll talk about in a later podcast, type C and kids um, for moms is super, super hard. So I think just starting off with a place of, okay, this is a good learning opportunity, you know, growth through struggle. Let me realize that when people I really care about come into town, I really need to think about what would I be willing to say no to, right? Because that's really one of the things we want to drive home today about self-care is recognizing that in order to take care of yourself, you have to say no to other things to make space for you, right? So I think just being honest with yourself that you'd be you'd have to feel guilty about something. No, I think that's absolutely right. And when you look at self-care, there are only so many hours in the day. It's all about time and time management and proactively thinking about how you're going to spend the time, right? And so for me, when the family came, I carved out some time for work. I gave the rest of my time to them, but I could have still been a little bit more proactive in carving out a little bit more time for myself and thinking about what that looked like in advance. And not being afraid to say, you know, I'm just going to go off and take a quick little walk here. Um, you know, here's here are breakfast options and like lay those out and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say not feel guilty. I would say be willing to feel guilty, right? Be willing um, to feel guilty. And let's not, let's not ignore the fact that taking care of other people and doing an amazing job has a lot of uh, reinforcing rewards, right? So people are so happy with you at work when you, you know, work extra hard. People are so happy with you when they're a guest and you're taking such good care of them. And so I think, you know, just reminding yourself that you can have balance, right? You know, what are the things that you really want to do for them? And then what are the things that you feel like, okay, you know what, breakfast, I can let breakfast go, right? You know, but I really want to put, you know, I want to put all my type C tendencies into dinner. So trying to sort of have that awareness flexibility, kindness to yourself, trying to think about, would I be willing to say no? Would I be willing to feel guilty? Okay, wonderful. This has been great, Corey. I think we have a lot to think about when it comes to self-care. And I think, you know, our main message is it has to be proactive and we all have to be a little bit more selfish, which is very hard for type C, but we can do it. We have a lot more on our blog, typectoolbox.com, our Instagram at typectoolbox, email us at typectoolbox at gmail.com. And please listen in for future episodes. Yes. If you like this episode, please like us on iTunes. Please reach out if you have any comments or want us to talk about anything. We love viewer or listener feedback and stay tuned for our next podcast. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.